0: The voice of reason, the voice of alarm, the voice of stats, the voice of scouts, the voice of Kool-Aid, the voice of dismay, the voice of Dave-O. First of all, what a huge win for the Royals this afternoon. And second of all, how about that, Alex Gordon? Welcome into a happy edition of your dish here on Clubhouse Conversation for Game 4 against Baltimore as the Royals earn a split in the four-game series and they win the season series with Baltimore for the second straight year. Four games to three as they defeat the O's 8-6. to Yes, largely in part to Alex Gordon. Just days after being here on Clubhouse Conversation, the luck that we gave him, he took it out on Baltimore pitching this afternoon, didn't he? Yeah, Something like that. Two big three-run home runs for Alex Gordon. Shocking, right? Two in the same game, three-run home runs, a career-high six RBIs for the Lincoln, Nebraska native, and none bigger than that first one he had in the fifth inning. So there's two outs against Ubaldo Jimenez. The Royals are trailing 3-2 to when Alex just hits a blur to right field. First row beyond the bullpen out there. Couldn't have been in the air more than about two and a half seconds, could it? He just hit a line drive, a screaming home run, putting the Royals up 5-3. to And at that point, you had to feel like the game was over, didn't you? I mean, Shields did a nice job limiting damage. We'll talk more about that here in a little bit. You got a lead. But just to make sure the game was over... In the bottom of the seventh off Troy Patton, Alex did it again, this time with nobody out and two on, as six of the eight runs came directly off of the long ball for the Royals. And then Baltimore got three of their six off of the one-out three-run shot by Adam Jones in the ninth against Aaron Crow. So it shows you once again what we've been talking about here on Clubhouse Conversation all year, the Royals' lack of power, costing them games. As you see, other teams getting a large portion of their offense off of the long ball. So Baltimore today, half of their runs, three of their six came off the long ball. And the Royals, six of their eight, 75%, came off the long ball thanks to Alex Gordon. So you can see what the home run ball does when you hit it. But let's also give James Shields a lot of props in this one as well. He pitched out of some tough situations, did a real nice job with damage control. I thought was fairly unlucky in this game. He went seven innings. Allowing three runs, all earned, although one was iffy, thanks to a play by Mike Moustak, I well detail, But seven innings, three earned runs, nine hits, one walk, three strikeouts. Not your typical lockdown-dominant James Shields game, you know, lacking strikeouts, only three and seven innings. But same thing with Danny Duffy. He didn't strike anybody out last night. So Baltimore probably has something to do with that the last couple of days for the Royals' lack of strikeouts. But in the top of the third, let's detail two different situations I thought that Shields did a real nice job of getting out of with minimum or no damage. So The top of the third there, J.J. Hardy singles to right, as the Baltimore just basically nickel and dimed James Shields to death. You know, David Lowe followed with another single to right. Then Jonathan shop tries to give away an out, but Mike Mustakas is very late coming in to fuel the bunt. Throws high to Pedro Ciriaco, covering first and all of a sudden it's a base hit, although it should have obviously been an out, and Baltimore has the bases loaded on three straight singles with nobody out. And then you get another hit from Nick Markakis. That's four singles in a row. He singles to right, scoring two. Manny Machado then flies out to Noriauki for the third run, and then you have Adam Jones singling. So that's the fifth single of the inning. So three runs are already in. Five singles already. And Baltimore has just one out and runners at first and second, okay? So, 3-1 to at that point. The Royals hadn't scored their second run yet. So, 3-1 to Baltimore at that point. Three runs already in. Runners at first and second, one out. And Shields buckles down, goes to work, and gets out of it. Chris Davis, he got him to ground out. Then you had runners at second and third. At the time, I tweeted out at Royals Clubhouse that Nelson Cruz was the deciding hitter possibly in the game, a huge hitter that would or wouldn't keep the Royals in this one. And as things turned out, Shields got cruised to fly out to left, and the Royals escaped down just 3-1 to one, when it could have been 5-1. to one. So nice job there by James Shields as he got singled to death. Once again, another example, though, about how when you don't give up the extra base hit, you're able to survive. You know, the Royals all year have not been scoring the extra base hits to get runs in. Baltimore kind of did the same thing. They did score 3 in that inning, but it could have been a lot worse when you had that many hits. So then later in the game, top of the seventh, the Royals have a 5-3 lead at that point. And Shields allows a four-pitch leadoff walk to Nick Marquez. You're like, oh no. Then a single to Manny Machado. You have first and second. Nobody out. Royals 5-3. Shields, now his pitch count around 90. Once again, buckles down. Strikes out Adam Jones. Chris Davis grounds out and Nelson Cruz flies out. So Shields gets out of a first and second nobody out jam. In the seventh, ends up going seven innings, three runs, and the Royals then, you know, ahead five to three, were able to tack on three more in the bottom of that inning after a Hosmer walk, a Billy Butler double, as he swung 3-0, cranked one to straightaway center off the base of the fence, and then Alex Gordon a three-run shot to put him ahead eight to three. The Royals coasted from then on. They went to Aaron Crow in the ninth, who did allow a three-run home run. His first earned run's a lot of the year, by the way. You know, good timing, wasn't it, to get it today? The game wasn't tied. The Royals weren't up one. The Royals weren't down one. They had a five-run lead when he gave out three runs. So it's a nice job by Crow of you know, timing the runs that were eventually going to come on a day when the Royals had a little cushion. The bad news was, of course, Greg Holland had to come in and pitch today, which means two days in a row, which means he's probably available tomorrow and then not on Tuesday. He retired the last two hitters in a row, got the save. So the Royals win the season series with Baltimore. I said coming into this homestand I was expecting – a split with Baltimore. They got that. They're now sitting four and two on this very important fifteen game stretch. My goal was ten and five. The Rails are right there. If they take two out of three the next three series, they get ten and fifteen. You gotta like their odds too. Let's take it series by series. But with the White Sox coming in, first of all, you probably heard Jose Abreu, their complete stud hitter, perhaps the best hitter so far in the American League. Jose Abreu put on the DL with tendinitis in his left ankle. I've never heard of that injury before. I've heard of tendinitis in the wrist or the knees, but not in the ankle. So the Royals catch a break there. Jose Abreu going on the DL. Chris Sale is still out in a rehab assignment. The Royals will miss him as well. So the two best players for the White Sox, the best bat and the best arm, the Royals will miss in this three-game set. And I love the Royals' odds in the first two games to get two out of three here, just the next two alone. Get that winning streak back to four. Because you've got Jason Vargas going tomorrow against Scott Carroll. If the name sounds familiar, it's a longtime KC Folk. He was born here in KC Moe, went to Missouri State. Scott Carroll, the right-hander, very, very ordinary, and that's probably being a little bit kind. He's 1-3 with a 5-2-4. He's gone just 22 and a third, allowing 33 hits, only 7 Ks and 6 walks, and opponents hitting 351 against Scott Carroll. So you've got to love the Royals' chances with Vargas against Carroll. Tomorrow. Ace Ventura, I got to love him pretty much whoever he pitches against. But Andre Rienzo, decent for the White Sox 3 0, 4 2 0, 30 innings, 24 hits, 17 case, 14 walks. But Rienzo can be, you know, off with his control, his command at times. I've seen him throw a couple of times. Looks pretty good, but that's a matchup that greatly favors the Royals as well. I mean, they're big favorites in these first two games. Game three, the Royals have Jeremy Guthrie going against a tough lefty. It's always tough. Jose Quintana seems to always shut down the Royals, doesn't he? He's a tough cookie there. The lefty is two and three with a three, six, seven, 54 innings, fifty four hits, but he struck out forty five in those fifty four innings and walked just fifteen. So it'll be a tough matchup for the Royals in Game Three. Love to see him get these first two games, then Game Three could be a complete gravy game. And I know I make it sound so easy, <laughs> like like it's a foregone conclusion they're going to win these, you know, the first two games against the White Sox. I know it's not that simple, but. The odds definitely favor the Royals, especially without Abreu. I think the White Sox are starting to come back down to earth a little bit. They have played pretty well, actually, the first part of the year. But, of course, a lot of that was because of Abreu and Sale, who the Royals will not see in this series. So, nice job by the boys in blue against Baltimore. It's nice seeing Billy Butler starting to come around. He hit two track shots to right center in this series that were caught up against the fence or right in front of it. Those will be home runs later in the year. He hit one to the fence today on a three zero count. Billy Butler you know, had several hits in this game, or this series, I should say. So that's good to see. Alex Gordon, you know, a couple hits yesterday. Had six RBIs, two big home runs today. Four hits for the day for A.G. He's starting to come alive. You feel like Salvador Perez is close as well. Hopefully Omar Infante's back on Friday for Game 1 in Anaheim. So maybe, just maybe, perhaps the Royals are finally coming together with hopefully Butler and Gordon getting hot at the same time. Escobar's been solid. You get Infante back. Perez, hopefully, will step things up. And honestly, Mike Moustakis, if he's going to stay up here, it can really only go up from here, can it? Just the law of averages, it would just seem like it could only go up from where he's at right now. So perhaps the Royals are in a good place right now, and the recipe is there for them to take that 10 out of 5, or the 10 out of 15, as I predicted. People laughed at me, but I had a feeling the Royals would start hitting. I had a feeling they'd start winning some games. And perhaps the recipe's there with guys getting hot in the middle of the lineup. A couple not-so-great pitchers the next couple games for the Royals and missing some of Chicago's key players. So we'll see if the Royals can keep things going against the Sox. We'll have your recap tomorrow night after game one. Until then, enjoy your day back at the office on Monday, or you may be listening to me right now at the office. And we'll talk to you tomorrow night here on Clubhouse Conversation.